0: Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So I hope you all are able to have a good start to your week. Hopefully you had a restful, enjoyable weekend. Remember, the weekends are not just to fill up with minuscule tasks or to finish up the last of your remaining checklist, but some time to take a break if you're able to. Take some time to get outside, touch some grass, drink some lemonade do something that's going to recharge you so that when you go into this next week that you have the energy that you have the strength that you have the mental clarity and sanity to be your best. So I just want to thank everyone who's joining. Last week, listen, we had a phenomenal phenomenal conversation about sex. We talked about sex in a hypersexualized world. We talked about different ways that we can Put sex in its proper context. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, go ahead and pause this one. Go back and listen to that one before you come over here and get caught up because you don't want to miss that. We get some real practical tools on how to really make this thing called love and relationships work. And sex is a part of that. So I had look, look, I'm a mess. Up. Miss Cheetah, cheating, Cheething. I'm going to say that to join us, and she gave some phenomenal tools. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and sex therapist as well. And so go ahead and check that episode out. Also, the month of April, Wake Up and Love is here. The theme for April is doing relationships on purpose. I know a lot of people think that you could just go with the flow when it comes to relationships, but research has shown if you want to be successful, you have to be very intentional about selecting a partner and then doing life with that partner. So if you're looking for a community that's filled with licensed doctors, counselors, psychiatrists, licensed clinical social workers, certified relationship coaches, please head on over to wakeupandlove.com where you can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to get evidence-based tools and strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. But I know why you all are here. You're here for the conversations, so I have another great guest that's gonna be joining us. I'm gonna go ahead and get them in here. <laughs> All right, so guests, please introduce yourself.
1: Hey, 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 hey. My name is um Tanya Carter. I am a marriage and a relationship exit strategist um My purpose is to just help women navigate that process of uncoupling by providing support, advices, resources, and tools that will mitigate interruptions in their business, work, performance, and household obligations. I'm from Atlanta. I got two kids, and I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. For those who (laughs) do not know, Tanya was on the podcast before. This was before there was video. This This was before we had all these fancy ways of putting logos on the background. It was just audio clips back then. Mm-hmm. We even had to go through Skype to make some of these calls happen. <laughs> it's just funny how like times have changed uh, in these past couple of years to where before it was through a phone dial-up kind of thing. And now we can actually see each other to have a conversation. So yeah, if you yeah. haven't heard, that episode was called Don't Let a Breakup Break You Down. And so you can go back and listen to that one to see what our first conversation was like. But I have some questions for you that's kind of get to know you a little bit. So here's your first question. Okay. Life can be really busy. Life is filled with uh, moments where we're doing for others, we're assisting people, we're at work, we're, we're doing all that we can to make life what it is. Mm-hmm. But when you need to get away, when you, when you need to step back, from all your roles and responsibilities, what is it that you like to do for self care?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, if I can be honest, I have self care every day. Um, you know, I've learned over the years that that is something that I need in terms of just making sure my cup is full. So I literally self care myself every single day. Now, I do have times where I may indulge, right, where I probably can't do this, this type of stuff every day, but I, I put it on my calendar, whether that be absolutely nothing. I'm going to be honest with you. I like to do absolutely nothing um, where I am. Literally, I have no plans because I always got something going on. And so I like to not have plans. I know it sounds crazy, but I I like to be at home. I like to have my quiet time. I enjoy my alone time. It was a time I couldn't do that before, but now I embrace it and I absolutely love
0: it. Oh, I'm with you on that do nothing day. Yeah. I I don't know about y'all, but when I know I have stuff to do at a certain point in time, I feel stressed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't relax. Even when I used to plan my self-care stuff, I used to be so like, analytical and so like rigid things like man i gotta get up to go do my self-care and it defeated the purpose so i've started to take that approach where i i do have some do nothing days i just mm-hmm. sit on the couch don't do nothing whatever i happen to do i do but i love that i love that so here's your second question what comes to mind when you hear the word love
1: mm-hmm. um. That's a good question too. I think one of the, the things that I hear when it comes to the word love for me now, right? So let me tell y'all, this was not me 10, 15 years ago, but I would say from a spiritual place, um, that's where I do my best to lead from. I always like, I, I read my vision every night and I always, you know, one of the things that I have in my vision is to allow me um, to love like God on this earth. Right. It sounds good. It sounds all great. But let's be real. Like some of these people, you be like, man, you just, you know, what I'm saying. But I I do my best to try to lead from that space now. Whereas before I used to think it was more of a feeling, but it really is an intentional act um, in terms of patience, in terms of kindness, like just from a biblical perspective. I'm not trying to sound all religious, but I, I do believe in God. I am a believer and I'm unapologetic about it. And one of the things that I had to learn in my spiritual walk of building my relationship with God is really understanding that love component, you know, and, and making sure that I'm leading my internal motivation is not is genuine and not in terms of, okay, I'm doing this so you can do something for me mindset. Right. So I had to, I really had to unlearn that, if that makes sense. I hope that answers your question.
0: Right, it does. And the reason I ask that question of all our guests now is because I want people to get a broader spectrum and idea of what love is and how it shows up and what it can be. Yeah. Like, like so many of us have, used to have such a fixed mindset of what love was and how it's supposed to be, when in reality, it can be a, a very vast and broad experience. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes hearing other people's experience with love can give, help us reimagine what love actually is, what it looks like, and how it can be practiced. So thank you for sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and get into this topic today, and we're going to start off this way. It is no, it's not a new uh, piece of news that marriages are ending at an extremely high rate. Mm-hmm. I would probably even dare to say that Those in committed relationships are breaking up and finding new partners just as quick. The ending of relationships is becoming more and more common, and we're starting to be as surprised when we see it. I know so many people have been devastated over the past few months when they realize that their celebrity role models have split, have gone their separate ways. Even in the social media and YouTube there are popular influencers who are going their separate ways after being in committed relationships for a long time. And I think people in the real world are experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, relationships and marriages are not lasting forever the way we would hope. Many people are experiencing heartbreak and tragedy. The great thing is is that even though these relationships end, there's still more life to live. There's still new experiences to have. There's still more restaurants to go and try. There are still new people to meet. But one of the challenges that I'm seeing, Tanya, is that a lot of people have difficulty getting over the past. After all, I used to go to this particular restaurant. We used to watch this particular movie. We used to play this certain song when we were in the car together. And I can't just get those out of my head. In other words, we had so many memories. So here's my first question. Mm -hmm. What do we do with all these memories after the relationship is over?
1: I think with the memories that you have, you can appreciate them for what they were, right? Um, I don't think they totally get erased from your memory bank but I believe that the less you make a decision to move forward, the more you hold on to the past where it keeps you in hostage. So you can't really embrace anything um, post that relationship. And so, um, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of us tend to um, forget that we have the power to decide. You know, exercising the right to choose. Um sometimes when we're in a relationship or marriage, we we really feel like it's going to last forever. we We plan for it to work out. And when that plan doesn't go as planned, we forget that we have the power to change the plan. And that's really, really important, um because sometimes, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, I see a lot of women tend to base their entire um worth. Off whether or not if this relationship works. And so they come, they they equate that to them being a failure, to them not being enough. I'm not saying men don't go through it. I'm just going through, I'm just talking about the experience I have with the women I coach. And even myself from a personal experience, I had that same type of mindset. And so I I put limitations on my life so much where I didn't give myself the opportunity to design. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of us forget that we do have a seat at the old, at our own table over our lives. And so when we, we step into that power and make a conscious choice and do what's required of us, we really can design another life of, or even a better life going forward. But it does have to be intentional.
0: Mm, intentional. And I love what you said, like the memories are going to be there. Unless you have some type of catastrophic brain injury that causes you to forget part of your past, they're going to be there. It's part of your life story. Mm -hmm. And what you see is you can be in charge of that. You don't have to let it hold you captive to where you no longer want to go out to eat because something's going to remind you of that person or you can't listen to the radio because a song y'all used to play together. Like You can be in control of creating a new future. And I think that's missing the fact of you are in control. Love and relationships tend to be caught in this fairy tale world where it's just, it, it's supposed to be fake and just happenstance that things go the way they go. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you can do things that can change the trajectory. And I, I love that you said that. You said it, you must be intentional about it as well. So, so here's the next thing there's a lot of people who, who go through breakups or a divorce. After these people go through that ending of a relationship, do you feel like breaks are needed? Like to take a break from doing relationships, anything romantic? Like, do you think a break is needed?
1: Absolutely. I do. I think for the majority, yes. You may have some exceptions to that rule, but I'm going to respectfully say for the majority, I think they need to take a break. I tell men that I'm like, listen, step back from dating, re like, Date yourself. Get to know you. Get to really have a relationship with yourself. The dating pool isn't going anywhere. And I think um, one of the biggest things that I messed up on when I got my divorce is that I didn't take time to literally pause and reflect and just look at what was going on within me and around me. You know, divorce is a big interruption, whether people want to admit it or not. It's not just about the person. Your whole life changes. Your finances shift. You got to get you got to understand this whole co-parenting piece. Um, You may have to accept the fact that your ex has already moved on with somebody else. Right. Right. It's all these different components. You may have to sell your home. You know, you you may have had a close relationship with that family. And now it's, it's so many different layers to this thing. And I think many people just see the couple, but they don't see all the other layers that people need to unpack and peel back. And so I tell people to step back, not you know, because you can go out there so vulnerable. It's like your fresh meat out there. You're going out there, you're telling all your business, you're looking for somebody to affirm you because now you feel rejected. Like, let's just be real. You feel rejected. That is your most vulnerable state. Emotionally, you're not ready to date. You've got to be emotionally ready to date for these things. And what happens is people play on that. You know what I'm saying? And you don't even understand it because right now you might be leading more emotionally than logically. So yes, you do need to step back. You need to see what this looks like, what this feels like. Give yourself permission to go through the emotion. You do not, and I repeat, you do not owe anybody the ability that you have to be strong right now in your time of hurt. I think many people got to prove like I'm good. Like you really don't have nothing to prove. And so allow yourself to do that for you. And sp- specifically when you have kids, your kids are watching you. Trust me, they know when something's going on with mom and dad. And so like, just pause, like for real and get the help and do what's required of yourself. Absolutely. Big advocate for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, I know people might push back on that, but that's fine.
0: Oh, you, <laughs> you, know, you know, like there, there are buses like party buses and stuff like that. And they have divorce parties. They have breakup parties. It's like a big, it's a big thing. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm seeing now, everyone's like, I'm outside. That relationship is done. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm out here single and ready to mingle what we get into. I did
1: all that too, right? But here's the thing. You know, I'm not telling people because here's the the truth. You may have some relief about it, especially if you was in a very unhealthy, unsafe dynamic. You may feel relieved that you are no longer captive to that situation. But when I tell people to pause, this is not about your ex. This is about you. Your ex is very, your ex is not as relevant to your healing as you think. Many people think when you tell them that they need to heal, they think this is about their ex. This is about you and the residue that this has on you. This was a, this is a adversity. This is an interruption. It does something to you mentally. It does something to you emotionally, whether you want to believe it or not. Many people think I'm the same person. Ain't no way you're the same person walking from a, um, you know, getting a divorce. There's absolutely no way it changes you. It's how it changes you that matters. It just does. It's a it's a life experience. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter what life experiences we have. It all it shapes us. We just decide how we allow it to shape us. I can tell like if we think about it, we know people who've been out of relationships and out of marriages for 20 years and they still talk about their ex like they walked away from them yesterday. Like, think about it. They're not over it. As much as they say they are, they're not. You can hear it in their, their voice. You can feel it in their energy. You can, you, can, you can tell that they have not successfully moved on. I have women in, my, in, 50, in their 50s come to me about stuff that happened 10 or 15 years ago that they just haven't allowed themselves to work through. So this is why it's important to pause. It's, you don't owe anybody to be strong in your time of hurt. I don't believe that
0: hmm and, and what I've seen in clinical practice is this whole getting back outside and doing everything that you weren't able to do. It's almost like you're trying to get a dopamine hit because most people have been so sad and disheartened in their relationship for so long, they want to quickly shift that. And once the relationship is over, getting out there and talking to someone new, having new experiences, doing something you may not have been able to do before, acting on wants and desires that you once had and that you thought you couldn't act on. To do that gives you a rush. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gives you a rush. Like There's a chemical thing that goes on when we're dating, especially with someone new that we like and we find attractive. And I see that a lot of people are trying to live off that dopamine hit like mm-hmm. to make them feel better because they have not healed. <laughs> because they right. that process.
1: Yeah, I did it too. I went on vacations. You know, I did all those things. And I'm not telling people that there's not a space for that. There's a space to take a vacation and, you know, get away and woo sa whatever you want to call it. But what I found was that I still did not take the time to work on what was really going on within me. And mm. you can't necessarily run from that. No matter how many vacations you take, no matter how many people you go out with, it just shows up. And so, as I tell people, I was stuck in my story five years after my divorce. That's half of the decade. And I know it. Sound and I didn't even realize I was because it, it was so cyclical. It was so automatic. I was so on autopilot because I never took the time to like deal and feel. No one taught me how to do that. Like my family didn't, we didn't teach it. Feel and deal like that was like foreign in my, my family. So I had to learn how to feel. I had to learn to know that I wasn't okay. That was mm-hmm. a learning thing I had to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, a firm, I'm a firm believer that when people do the work and it's, and it's ugly work, I hate to say it. Sometimes it's spotty, it's, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not pretty at all. Yeah. After you've started to heal, you can't get to a point where you are ready to get back out there and try love again. I believe that. I believe you do your due diligence and take care of yourself first. You have a a great opportunity to get back out there and be better than you were before. But here's my question to you. How do you know when you're ready to start dating again?
1: (laughs) You know, honestly, I think that's a good question. because what I find is that many people think you have to be this 100% of something. And when it comes to healing, it's never like, I don't think any, any of us can say we're 100% whole of anything. I, I think it's just constant growth, constant evolvement. Um, What I would say for me, because I'm gonna be honest with you, Joseph, I don't talk about dating much, but what I will say, what I found out about me when I realized that I was ready to date is when I honored my own value system all the time. Not sometimes, not every now and then, all the time, no matter what, right? That was important to me because what I realized in this relationship area, as I was doing a lot of my inner work, that was one area that my values, I, I compromised on them. You know, and that's what made me mad at myself because I knew better, I didn't do better. And when I realized that I was looking, I was leading, I was allowing myself to lead with my effort as opposed to just being who and whose I was. I felt like if I did enough, they would like me, they would love me. I always let with effort. My love was very transactional, right? And so one of the biggest things for me was leading in my value system. Another thing is when I don't talk, I don't even talk about my ex and that was important too. Um, what I find is that, if I meet a guy and he's very, very like into talking about his ex, that's always a a, a concern for me um, because I wonder where you are with it. You know, it's a difference when you talk about it just in conversation, but emotionally, when you have a lot of emotion still tied to it, I wonder if you are really over that just yet. Um, another thing I would say is when I'm, what also allowed me to be ready to date was when I didn't look at every person as a husband. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, you know what? This is an experience. Enjoy the experience and stay within your values and your boundaries. And if it doesn't work, go on about your business and don't make it personal. So hold
0: on. Let let me pause right there. So you mm-hmm. said something. There there are, there's a way of thinking now that says don't date anybody unless they are someone that you would marry.
1: Well, here's the, di- here's the thing. I'm in a place where I am in a, I'm purposeful about dating. Mm-hmm. I don't casually date, meaning that I'm not about to, you know, schedule time just to casually date somebody when I know that that's not what they don't want anything more. I do believe in being honest and upfront about what you want. I think sometimes as women, we fail to really say what we want because of the fear of rejection or the fear that they not, may not be as into us. But the thing is, is that the, the, the sooner you know that, the better off you will be. Like, I used to act like I was cool with something, but I, I wasn't. And that's okay. Like, I know me. And that was the thing about taking time to be with myself. I'm black and white. I'm not gray. I'm either dating with purpose or I'm not dating at all. And and I and I know that because I know how I function and I know what my value system is. And if that's not something that they want, then I wish you well and I'm not mad at you. That means that that's my choice to make. However, if I see that this isn't like going somewhere or if I feel like it's we're better off as friends, I'm okay with letting you know that. Like I know how to let something go and not make it about my worth or value. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people don't know how to break up or leave stuff alone. They keep riding it out. Like for what? I know I'm so into my value system. Like when I tell you, like you have to be willing to suffer for your values. And that's what people don't understand. You have to be willing to let something go no matter how good it is or how nice they are or how cool y'all are. If y'all are not going in the right direction, then let it go. And don't make it personal. Like, man, what's wrong with me? Nothing. It's just that this person, you all just don't compliment each other in, the, in, in a romantic sense. And, and learn f- and be okay with that and, and embrace that experience and move on.
0: Mm, that's, that's big. And, and the way yeah. you're able to move on is you are very comfortable with self. Where Absolutely. You'll automatically say, what's wrong with me? You take it for what it was, which was an experience with a person during a certain period
1: of time. That's it. And I'm not saying it may not kind of have a trigger with it for a moment. Sit in it, process it, make peace with it, and say, you know what? I'm, I'm proud of myself for letting it go.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: one of the biggest things that I've heard from women is that they knew things way before it got out of hand. And so we have to ask ourselves the the next tough question is, well, why did you stay so long? Not out of judgment, but out of information. This is how you got to get to know yourself on a deeper level to know why do you feel the need to hold on something that you know isn't going to go anywhere. That's one of the biggest things I hear a lot from a lot of women. Like I I saw it, but I ignored it. I thought it was going to be something more, but it wasn't. And so we have to learn how to like let go before we invest too much or too long
0: Mm -hmm. i love the fact what you said earlier also that you don't have to be 100 of whatever you're thinking like there there is no real hundred percent ready because because here's what happens i see people who will make the excuse and i'll say it's really an excuse that oh i haven't done this much healing I haven't done this yet. I haven't done that yet. And oh, I still have more space to grow. I'm still in my healing journey. When in reality, they're scared to get back out there and try again. It's fear. It's fear. And here's the thing. And I tell people this all the time. Let's say you have in your mind a way of practicing communication. You've thought through it in your head. You've gone over it. You've worked on your communication skills by yourself. Now you get out there And someone does not communicate according to the script. So now you got to adjust. Now you're fumbling. Now you're like, oh, this conversation isn't going how I saw it in my head. But the only way to learn how to really communicate is to do it with people. And guess what? When you're in the real world, you're not going to be able to, quote unquote, come up with every single scenario so you know what to say. Absolutely. So you have to be comfortable enough and trust yourself to, to know that you can handle the situations that come up, that you don't have to have every single answer every time someone asks you a question, that you are able to dialogue in a way that can meet your needs and also connect with someone at the same time. But you don't have to have it all together.
1: No, you don't. Like the healing process is the real work really happens when you put yourself back out there. Right. And as I tell people, practice these conversations just everywhere. Work, friends, family, like don't wait to you. Don't wait till this. You know, you date somebody to practice effective communication. I mean, you do this in the workplace. You do this with your friends. You have these conversations with your loved ones, your siblings, like learn how to, that's one of the things that I do with my clients. You have to learn how to communicate. Um, you have to know your communication style first, but then knowing your communication style helps you understand that everybody has different ways of communicating. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that it allows you to understand people on a different level than what you have in your head. You know, like one of the things is that we want to be understood so, so bad, but sometimes a lot of the times, or most of the times, we also need to seek to understand, mm-hmm. right? Like I used to think, well, you should think how I think and talk how I talk or do, you know, that's a unrealistic expectation and it kills relationships and it kills connection. And so like one of the things that I never do anymore is assume that you communicate like me. I understand that people have experiences, they have their own hurt that they haven't unpacked. And so you have to lead with some form of understanding and empathy for that. I'm not saying tolerate poor treatment, but what I'm saying is that learn that people come from different walks of life, just like you do. And so you have to see the world from a different perspective outside of just your own lens.
0: Oh, I love it, man. This has been such a great conversation. We're going to go ahead and move in to the last segment of the show, which is flip the script. And flip the script is where our guest provides a simple tool and strategy to deal with a situation or challenge that we discussed in this episode. So, Tanya, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Someone may be out there and they may be coming to the realization that, hey, you know what? I, I I've gone. I need to go on a healing journey. Or someone may be on the standpoint of, I have done the healing. Now I'm ready to try to get back out there. But I have this hurdle. I, I don't really trust myself. So how can someone go about learning to trust themselves again before they get back out there and try to date again?
1: Mm, That's a good question. And so I talked about cultivating self-trust a lot of times. And I'm going to just give one of the I'm going to give you three quick things. The first thing is that you got to honor your values. Okay, um, your values are your compass. Right, um, it's your personal roadmap. It guides your decisions. It sets the foundation for how you live. Um, and what happens is when you honor it, you elevate your self confidence. You you build that self esteem. You build a level of resiliency, and it cultivates a deep trust. So you want to honor your values. And if you don't know what your values are, that is something that I recommend that you do. The second thing is to honor your thoughts and feelings. A lot of the times, what I find is that I know this might get some pushback, but sometimes it's not that we don't trust other people. We, we, we don't trust ourselves, right? Because we, we, we've done a lot of things against what we know we shouldn't have done. And so honoring your thoughts and feelings, it gives you space to get connected with what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart, right? So you're giving yourself permission to feel right? You're you're not looking at it as a sign of weakness anymore. You're allowing yourself to process your thoughts. Like, what does this mean when I think this? Why am I having this thought? Like learning how to sit in that is, is a game changer um, because you're allowing yourself to be heard. And I think a lot of the times we don't do that. When we dismiss our feelings and our thoughts, we're not allowing ourselves to be heard. The last one is honoring your needs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like giving yourself what you need. Um, A lot of the time, we don't keep our promises to ourselves. We don't do the things we need to do. Um, And when you honor your needs, you are taking care of you, right? Period, point blank. Like I said, I do self-care every day. I honor my needs because this is something that I need to do. Um, I didn't do that before. And I do it on purpose. And then honoring your word. Keep your word to yourself. Like a lot of us don't like people who tell lies. They say they are gonna do something, they don't do it. You gotta do, you gotta keep your word to yourself. If you say you are gonna do something, honor that word, right? Even if it's a small commitment, right? It doesn't have to be this big commitment, but if it's something small, honor that. And the more you do that, the more you start to really trust yourself when you lead by honoring your values, your thoughts and feelings, your needs and honoring your word. And that cultivates a level of self-trust because then that helps you learn how to um, display and discern where to categorize other people.
0: Oh, I love it. And there you have it. Tanya, thank you for joining us this week.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: They no, <laughs> can find you on social media and on the internet.
1: Yes, y'all can find me out here in these internet streets. <laughs> That's what I call it. Internet streets, honey, because I'm telling you be some it'd be something else out here. Um it's I am Tanya Carter on Instagram. My Facebook is Tanya Carter as well, and my website is tanyaCarter.com.
0: And all of her information will be down in the show notes so you can connect with her. I just want to thank everybody for listening today please head on over to itunes google play spotify stitcher podcast comment rate subscribe if you're in podcast land go ahead and head on over to youtube at love unscripted hd where you can watch the full video episode for this show also don't forget we have wake up in love if you're looking for a relationship community that has licensed doctors therapists psychiatrists certified relationship coaches that provide evidence-based tools and interventions for starting and maintaining healthy relationships, please head on over to WakeUpInLove.com, and we'll see you all there. Hey, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.